Hello, I am Mrs. Melanin. And I'm Belief Mel. And we're here with episode 132 of How, How Married, Married Are, Are you? you? Okay, my name is Belief. This is Eva, and we've been married 12 years. Live in California, and we got four, four kids. Relationships are scary, and it's very necessary that we share our love of struggles, and we ask how, how married, married are you? Every week on a Thursday, shoddy. If you're listening, you're in the wedding party. It's okay if you want to put your hands up. You got the questions, we got the answers. It's chocolate baby story time. Chocolate baby story time. It's, it's chocolate baby story time. One, two, three, and... So, in the comments last week, someone was like, why don't y'all just pre-record the <laughs> intro? It's got to be live. Like? It's got to be live. <laughs> because every year it's going to change from t- 12 to 13 to 14 to 15 uh, years. And we could do it once a year, but really that takes the spontaneity out of it. You know what I'm saying? We're not trying to be perfect. It's it's, it's about the authentic yes, intro. Yes, yes. All right. So, we back. We are back with episode 132 and Chocolate Baby Storytime. You have one? Yeah, man. Uh, it was crazy hair day <laughs> at school. And only one child wanted to participate. Anaya wanted to participate, but she had to stay homesick. Yeah. And she was really bummed about that. Yeah. So Uriah got a, what are those things called? Twizzler? No, faux hawk. Yeah, but what'd you make it out of? Pipe cleaners. Pipe cleaners. So Yvette and Lexi made pipe cleaner mohawk. Yeah. And painted Raya's hair with hair dye color blue. blue. It was like a temporary thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So last night, on best night off, <laughs> I had the... Uh, the it, well, she got in the car and she was like, oh yeah. She told me to say, in the top of the car, it's blue. Because <laughs> that it's stuff is getting off on the... Raya... Uh, She's like, you going to have to clean the top of the car. And I'm like, man, I don't, I'm not trying to do that. I said Raya had to. Oh, I thought you said I did. Mm-mm. So then... We start to like be at the house and I'm like, man, you got to go wash your hair. And every time he washed his hair and every time I touched it, it was more and more blue. So I think it took me about, he started crying because he couldn't get it out of himself. And I was like, man, you gonna have to wait till I finish cooking dinner. Then you can, then I'll help you. And then um, he took like three baths by himself and then I gave him one and it took me like 30 minutes to scrub that out. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. What about you? Yeah, this morning they were like, yeah, I got, Theo was like, yeah, I got to play uh, the video games while the Ryo was getting his hair hair washed. Um, Excuse me. Uh, Oh my gosh, I had a chocolate baby story time that I was going to do besides this one. But anyways, I'll just use this one. Theo basically called me soft this morning. Mm. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. But uh, what happened was... I Theo was doing so good. He was getting his work. He like went and started getting his schoolwork done without me even saying anything, which is not necessarily normal, but it has been a thing that has been occurring occasionally. Anywho, um, I went and I checked his work to make sure that he was doing it accurately and thoroughly. And so when I checked his work, there were some things that needed to be fixed. And he was not excited about that. And he basically said, parents are just rude. And I was like, no, we're not. We're loving and kind. And basically, I was like, you know, we're loving and kind. We want you to, like, I definitely want you to understand what you're doing, like, comprehend the work that you're doing. I don't want you to just do stuff to get it done. I want you to understand what you're doing. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm loving and kind. And he's like, well, parents who are loving and kind are soft. And I was like, what the heck? What does that even mean? And then Raya goes, this is a punchline, though. Raya goes, well, what are you saying about God? Mm. because he was like god is loving and kind are you calling god soft Mm. and then i basically think raya was saying if you knew your bible you would know that god ain't soft (laughs) (laughs) raya be in that bible raya is a theologian in the works because he is always um paralleling you know certain things to what he's read in the bible and i just yeah in the midst of like like out I'll notice the lights on in that room and I'll come in and be like, man, turn off the lights. And he'd be sitting there reading his Bible. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, let's get into this topic for today. It's been one year. One year. What's today? October 28th. Yeah. So a year ago, where should we start? Hmm. Well, a year ago. Well, we mentioned this in, in our recap episode when we got back. I think it was part we one did. or part two. We did. A year ago today, I was in Washington um, at a three-week retreat. It was basically 
an intensive, a therapeutic intensive, um, but it was based in silence and solitude with the Lord. And we mentioned this before, and I do, before I get into this, I do want to say, like, please know that this service, like this type of experience is available to you. However, the one that I went to, I am not able to share like details about who I did it with and all that, if that makes sense. And I, I'm sorry if that rubs you the wrong way, but I'm just not able to do that. <clears throat> the person who hosts the retreats is very private. And so for me to share about it on this wide of a scale, I just want to honor him and the services that he offers. Yeah, because we've had a lot of people reach out to say, hey, who who did he that go to? I need the same thing mm-hmm. or my wife may need it or I need it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, but the cool thing about it is I have have heard of people that do it. And we do have someone locally here in California that um, is available to do it. So if you'd like their contact information, then I'd be willing to give you that email address. But they don't necessarily have a website or anything like that. And also, can I just add to mm-hmm. that? If you are in your own therapy, then your therapist can help direct you to yes. people who do do intensives. So instead of trying to hop into an intensive right away, have a regular therapist <laughs> and then go to an intensive. And then that way you can debrief and like work daily work or weekly work with your therapist. Yeah. So let's talk about how I got there. Um, I think that the decision to go was a pretty big one. Um, I had been, so a friend of mine had gone on this retreat maybe decades ago and she had shared about it. And, um, you know, it, it kind of like when I first heard about it, it was kind of just a thing, you know, a thing that I had heard about. However, last year when, after Glenn's sister passed away, the grief that I experienced in grieving her death um, triggered something in me that was not good to the point where, you know, I'm standing at the kitchen sink and I'm like, I cannot continue this way because I was at a place where it was like um, I was persevering. You know, I was trying to hold it together mm-hmm. because I felt like that's what everyone needed from me is to just hold it together. And it got to the point where I just didn't have the capacity to hold it together anymore. And on my own, I had reached out to this man and I was like, I emailed him and I was like, hey, actually, I reached out to my friend and I was like, hey, can I have his contact information? And then I emailed him and I was like, would it be possible to hop on a call? And we hopped on a call and it was a 30 minute conversation. And in that 30 minute conversation, I felt the most seen that I had ever felt probably in my entire life. Um, I feel like there wasn't much that was said, but he understood. And he was able to put words to what I was living out in a way that I wasn't able to communicate myself. And um, and so I knew it was a three week intensive. It was silence and solitude. You're away from your family, all that stuff. I knew that wasn't realistic for me to be able to do, given my husband just lost his sister. I'm a homeschooling mom. I'm the primary parent, just all the different things. There were so many reasons that that was not practical. Um, And so I asked him, I was like, hey, is there an abbreviated version of this? And he goes, no. He's like, I've tried to do an abbreviated version and it's just not as impactful as a full three weeks. And so I was like, okay, well, that's probably not going to happen. And then he was able to share with me some dates that he had available. And I think I reached out to him in August because that's when Brittany passed away. Um, I had reached out to him in August and his next available was, or maybe it was like, yeah, probably late August, early September. And his next available was like October. And I was like, I can't go in October. And then he had another one in January. And then he had some in this summer. And I was like, well, maybe I can make the summer one happen. And I wasn't planning on mentioning, like at this point, I hadn't even mentioned to Glenn that I had this conversation or anything like that. It was just a conversation I had and something that I was thinking about doing. And um, we were in therapy one session. And I don't know what happened, but I was like, this is how bad I'm doing. Like, I reached out to a man to get help 
that would potentially take me away from my family and my responsibilities for three weeks. And I wouldn't be able to like be in touch with y'all or whatever. And I shared that as a way of saying like, just to give context to this is how bad I'm doing. <laughs> and um, my husband was like, go. I don't think you hesitated much. Maybe you now can chime in on like when I shared about it, what happened in you that was like, go. Well, I think, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm watching you. I'm realizing what you have on your plate and also all the things I don't know. And then the way you were saying, like, I... I don't know if you want me to say this, but like you were saying, like I'm jealous of Britney. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You were saying like you were jealous of my sister. And then there was someone else who passed away and you were like, yeah, like I understand. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, mm -hmm. I, and I understand that. Like I understand those feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think you were valuing you. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, when you said, this is how bad I'm doing, and I'm like, well, if you haven't a solution to your problem, then go get it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it, it almost was like, it seemed like it was like a you were trying to threaten me. <laughs> like, I'll just leave you and go no, to this man's house. that's not what it was at all. I know, but that's what I felt. I was like, well, then go. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it to me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't know what it was going to entail. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was like a secluded retreat, mm -hmm. but I knew that you were like, yeah, I want to go up and do some deep work with somebody that's going to help me because everything that we were dealing with, it was like, I was catching the reciprocal of what you were dealing with. And I thought we were having issues. Like you mm -hmm. and I were having issues because of stuff that you were thinking and I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, Everything was a problem. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't help you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Um, the the conversations, I don't really want to go into deep detail about with a lot of the stuff, but there were a lot of like, you know, like we would have one problem and you would just be like, I got to get out of here. You know what I'm saying? And I'd be like, because of that? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We had a big blow up about two years ago where Yvette was just like, I'm leaving. I'm out. And she didn't even say she's out. She emailed <laughs> me and the therapist and was like, I got to leave. Yeah. And then just said that <clears throat> and then left with the van <laughs> that has all like all the car seats in it. And so I'm like, OK, now me, man, I'm not I am. I am weird. Right. Mm -hmm. He really is. I got I got I'm like, OK, cool. Oh, baby, I'm not going to chase you. If you got to go, you got to go. I understand that. I don't want people to feel like I'm going to try to keep you from leaving if you need to go. Mm -hmm. Like if you feel like our relationship is that detrimental and me asking or me saying, I think it was like uh, you asked me how the balloons look for a party. And I was, was that what it was? <laughs> yes. You asked me how the balloons look for a party. And I was like. Uh, I think they could be da, 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 da. I think they could be better. I don't know. Da, da, da. And you were like, I don't even know why I asked you. And I was like, okay, so how was I supposed to respond? Like, I, I didn't just mm -hmm. like I do remember let this. it off. I just was like, what am I supposed to do here? And you were like, are you serious? And it was like a big thing. And it like ruined your day. And then you were like, I can't do this. But that's just the thing. It's like, it's it wasn't, that wasn't the issue. No. It was underlying issues. And so... Yeah, and to clarify, I, w I went to the beach with my journal and my Bible, and I turned my phone off. Turned the location off. And I turned my location off because I didn't want him to try to, like, find me. Not that he would, but I just didn't want him to know. And then, but my intentions were to be back before the nanny got off work. Yeah. Glenn went out and bought a whole vehicle. Because <laughs> at the time, we only had one car. Yeah. Glenn went out and bought a whole vehicle. And... I bought I bought the most unnecessary vehicle I could have bought. I bought yeah. a, I went to the store and I was oh like, all right, God. cool. What, what car 
is least likely to get pulled over. Ford F one fifty. And don't what? tell me what you drive. And then now, and now I hate that car. I hate it. The kids know I hate it. Hold Everybody. On, let's get back to the point of that day. So she left, turned off our location. And said, email me and the therapist. Because mm-hmm. I, I, in the email, I was asking, like, help me. Like, help me under, like help me deal with this because. All I read was, she's gone. <laughs> and I called Pat. And I was like, hey, man, she left, bro. Big you dog. did? You didn't tell me yeah, you called Yeah, Pat. I was like, bro, she gone, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. She got mad because I talked about the balloons. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. He's like, call me later. Okay, cool. I was like, all right, bet. I went, I was, I asked the, one of my employees, hey, can you drop me off at the, oh, yeah. the dealership real quick? <laughs> I was in there for an hour. I came out with a car. I came out with an interest rate. I did not care. <laughs> and the thing is, like, if I were there, I would help to make a more practical decision. So that Ford F-150, oops, <laughs> that car <laughs> represents such a horrible time. It don't for me. I mean, I'm getting around. You're getting around. You're getting around. And we're using it. To, we do for, be using it. So anyway. Anyhow. She, that, that was the issue. And so like, it was little stuff like that, that it was like this one thing, what happened in anything, any decision I made or something I said, it was coming from like a place. And I just felt like Yvette, I don't know what it was, but it felt, I don't know. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but everything was hard. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, I don't want to deal with this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not that I don't want to deal with you. And if I knew how to help, I was going to be committed. But if I was going to be someone you had to hide from, mm-hmm. you had to turn off your location from it, you couldn't communicate mm-hmm. with, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, you you know what I'm saying? I just couldn't deal with it. So I was like, if you feel like you need to go, then leave, you know? Yeah. And it was one of those things where I knew I couldn't do the work inside of what I like. Motherhood. Motherhood, wifehood. Inside, inside of existing in my everyday life, yeah. Because my everyday life was what was starting to, what was feeling like it was caving in on me. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. <clears throat> I need to just. You want to um, drink some water? <laughs> Sorry. I'm ready to be done with this cold. <clears throat> And so my everyday life is what felt like was caving in on me. And that's why I reached out to that person. That person. I know Mm -hmm. I'm about to say his name. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I'm not necessarily. Well, okay. So the reason we thought it might be worth bringing up this conversation is because in the comments last week, there were so many people like, oh, my gosh, you've grown so much. You've grown so much. Yada, yada, yada. And. I I I want to I guess we wanted to respond to that because I feel like yes I most definitely have grown quite a bit but that is because of some very intentional work that I've been doing and I know you guys are probably like eh, therapy again um but I've been doing with therapy since I've come back from the retreat so the the person I went on the retreat with is a believer and so it was very biblically based Um, It was a very biblically based experience. It was an opportunity for me to connect with God in a way that I hadn't been able to connect with him before, because I feel like when I would be prior to going, I felt so alone and I felt like, oh, like I just I felt like God was so distant. And in the retreat, I I learned that God wasn't distant, Mm. like, sorry, And I kind of want to go back. I'm so sorry. I'm all over the place. But I kind of want to go back to the part where Glenn was like, go. Yeah. Because I was like, well, I can go to the one in July. You know, I'll go to the one during you the summer. You said January first. Did I say January? Mm-hmm. Probably because there was like a school break or something. I don't know. Um, or that's a slow month for you business yeah. wise. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, you need to go immediately. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here because I'm tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> and so he and the next one was it was like next month you know and I emailed the guy back and I was like yeah okay I'm gonna come and he was like perfect and then he sent me all these things whatever um and it just kind of sent in the whole time I just felt like the Lord was calling me to him like I was I I would describe it as I feel like I'm about to go on a date with my God with my Abba mm-hmm. um and 
when I got there, I realized what the Lord was saying to me is like, Yvette, I've been with you this entire time. Mm. I've been with you this entire time, but there was so much noise. You were allowing so much noise to like cover my voice or hide my voice that you were not able to like see me and feel my presence. And um, I left the retreat with a centering prayer that says, rest and remain in the presence of the Lord and allow him to do the rest. Because what was happening is that I was trying to rest and remain in my own strength and then quickly found out that that wasn't cutting it. And so that is kind of what the retreat led me to, or that is kind of what I got. Now, let me tell y'all, there's so much that I got out of the retreat um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because the intensive work, um, the intensive work was intense. So I'm not trying to like say that I came out of the retreat with all like unicorns and rainbows and all of that. Like it was, it was like hard work being in there. And now it's continued to be hard work because what it does is it kind of breaks through the wall that my regular therapist was like, Hey girl, you've had this wall up. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm very authentic and transparent. I love to be open with people, yada, yada. And she was like, walls are made, or walls are intended to build, maintain structures as well. And that was true because like I said, I was trying to hold it together. And at some point the wall started to lose, like gain tension or the quake started to happen or whatever. But on the other side of the wall was little Yvette. And she had a lot to say. Mm. And just because I got to encounter her at that retreat doesn't mean that she's gone away and she's done talking. And so a lot of what the growth that you're seeing is me addressing that little girl and um, trying to give her more voice and allowing myself to believe (laughs) the things that she's saying um, so that I can actually deal with whatever it is that she's saying, if that makes sense. Um, but I guess I, w- I were bringing this all up to say because a part of the growth that you're seeing is like his yes, like Glenn's yes to me going. Hold on. Hold uh-huh. on. Be- so we can't, we can't act like I was just kind of like, cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So okay, like go once ahead I, and talk more. Yeah, you yeah. talk. Because about. we gotta talk about the logistics of like what this actually was. So when they first brought it up, it was like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when they first brought it up. All right, because Yvette brought it up and she said this is what it is. And then she Yvette sometimes when she's trying to explain something <laughs> and like tell you about like the exact uh happenings or what's supposed to happen details sometimes they get a little murky so she was like yeah and i'm not gonna have a phone so you can't reach me and i'm like what do you mean i can't reach you like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. and she was like uh yeah you know i'm gonna it's gonna be secluded i was like you want me to let you go up to a place with another man for three weeks you know what i'm saying he could he could kidnap you put you in a chokehold i wouldn't (laughs) even be able to get you you know what i'm saying yeah and i'm like you know I, I, I was like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I do think you should go, but just let you know, I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm very irritated. Mm-hmm. And I was taking it very personal, even though I knew it was best for her. Mm-hmm. Because no one ever told me that my wife would be gone for three weeks during our marriage and I could not contact her. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that that was a possibility. So we sat down with Yvette's friend who went on it before, her husband who went on it before, and they were just people. (laughs) (laughs) They were just people. And I was just like, what? I don't trust these people. Like, I don't know y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know you. I don't care what you think. Mm -hmm. I don't trust you with my wife. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, you have to trust God. You have to trust God. And I was like, Okay, I understand that, but like, I'm I'm more concerned with like Yvette's like well being mm-hmm. because Yvette has this like uh, <laughs> I already know where you're going. Ambition with this. to like travel and just <clears throat> do things and like 
But I'm also kind of like, Yvette, you got to pay attention to that. That person right there might be trying to rob you. Like, mm-hmm. situational awareness isn't necessarily, like, something that I'm like, babe, you good. Mm-hmm. I tr- you know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of like, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. And so. He, like, equipped me. And I, I had that stuff, too. Yeah, I, I gave her some some things to defend herself. Mm-hmm. Because I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, just for my own peace of mind, I'm like, please just take this just in case. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and that made me feel a little bit more comfortable. But I was still like, like the more confident Yvette got about going, the less confident I became. And I was like, you know, you were like, I'm going to go. I'm going to choose me and such and such and such and such. And then I just kept like reminding myself because it was like I haven't chosen me in a in a mm-hmm. long time so I was like okay you know what I'm saying and then I started to get bitter mm-hmm. like it was like a lot of I definitely feel like it was a lot of um like spiritual warfare for sure and I think the awareness to that spiritual warfare is very important because I was even like starting to have doubts about going because I was like man my husband just lost his sister. He's dealing with that grief. And now I'm piling all this extra responsibility on top of him with like caring for the kids and all the things because I wasn't going to be home to fulfill homeschooling and all the things. Um, and let's just, one, like talk about how amazing Lexi was. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even your mom and some other people in our community who came to help us out, like yeah. really came through. Yeah. Like Lexi was fire she didn't miss a beat Mm -hmm. incredible um so and you had orchestrated all these things Mm -hmm. so like it was like I had enough support you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying um but it was very like tiring Mm -hmm. um now the day you left I don't know how you got down to the airport did I drop you you took me (laughs) the day I think the kids and I took you no I think you took No, me. I took you. My dad watched the kids. Mm-hmm. I took you to drop you off, and I drove back angry. And then I listened to uh, a podcast with Eric Thomas and CJ, uh, in the Secret, Secret to Success podcast. And during this podcast, they were talking about, it was so timely. He was talking about mm-hmm. how, you know, some people are trying to stick to the plan, but they're not committed to the mission. Right. And your mission doesn't change. The plans change, but your mission doesn't change. Right. And sometimes the people who are part of the mission, a part of the plan, you know, aren't around. You know what I'm saying? But the mission is still the same. And so I called him and I was just like, man, like, you know, it's going to be a rough couple of weeks. Called CJ. I called CJ. I was like, bro, it's going to be a rough couple of weeks. I'm struggling. My wife just left. She's doing some deep work. I feel sad, you know what I'm saying? And I was just like, I'm very stressed, but I appreciate it. Um, And that was that. A few days later, Eric Thomas called me. FaceTime. Three times because I didn't answer the first two. Um, FaceTime, and I thought like, oh, maybe Yvette's trying to... Maybe Yvette's trying to get in touch with me. I talked to Eric Thomas, and he encouraged me and just told me how much my wife needed to be at 100%. Um, in order for me to operate well, we need you at 100% and you've been operating at, without even knowing anything about mm-hmm. what you were going through. He said, your wife has been operating at 40% for years. Let's get her back to 100% and then we can focus on you. You know what I'm saying? And that was like so encouraging and timely for me because I wasn't even aware of what you were actually experiencing. I didn't know where if you if you were sleeping on the bed or if you had you on the cave, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought you were gonna come back uh, you know, like Amish. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. So for everyone's peace of mind, real quick, let me just set the scene. Um, I don't know if you've been to Washington, but Washington in the fall is probably like the most gorgeous thing ever. Like if we could have seasonal homes, I would probably choose Washington as like where I'd want to live in the fall. Washington State. Washington State. Um, but it, it wasn't like I was in the middle of nowhere. I was in a home that was secluded in, I don't want to call it the woods, but it was secluded. 
There was lots of trees. It was just in nature. Now, there were other homes around, but again, you know, you have enough space that the homes are far enough apart that you feel like you are by yourself. Um, And it was just like a little um, house. Uh, What do you call those? Like a trailer. A trailer home that you like. Track home. Track home, like where you can like put it on a thing, like on property. Yeah, it's a... Dang, manufactured home. Manufactured home, yeah. Um, It was very, very, like, outdated. (laughs) So it was like it was stuck in, like, the 70s. Yeah, like back in the day. Um, So when I walked through the doors, I was like, oh, man, we couldn't have updated a few things or not. But then it was quickly, like, not about that. There was no TVs. There was no radio. I had given the therapist my phone, and he gave me a flip phone to call him. And like nine one one in case of emergency. That was weird. <clears throat> yeah, and you had you had to go to the grocery store. Yeah, and so when I first got there, I went to the grocery store to get enough groceries for two weeks, um, because on the the after the two weeks, Glenn was able to come visit me. Um, and the reason that he does that is because you're secluded, you know, by yourself, you're not talking to anybody, and then you can invite someone to come. Now he didn't. Glenn didn't come to. He, the therapist calls it the cabin. I'm going to call it the cabin. Um, Glenn didn't come there. And I originally wanted Glenn to just come stay with me so we didn't have that extra expense of having to get a hotel room. But after being there for two weeks, I realized that that was my sacred space with the Lord. And I didn't even want Glenn to, like, come there. And so we ended up staying at a hotel the weekend that Glenn did come. And I didn't even want to go. And Glenn didn't even want to come. So we had to have that whole conversation. And I wasn't even sure Glenn was going to show up. So I was like, after that two weeks, the therapist gives you your phone back. And so um, we were in our session. And I was like, I'm just so eager to get my phone to see if my husband's even coming. Because, you know, you're talking to the therapist. And I was like, I'm pretty sure when I turn the phone on, he's not even going to be like he's not he's going to text me and say I'm not coming. Well, cuz the, the the conversations we had before you mm-hmm. left, you were still you were still you hadn't had any work done, right? Like no mental like you hadn't gone through the work yet. So, a lot of your suggestions seemed very controlling. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of like there's a there's a costume party happening and the kids need to go to the costume party and can you host it? And I was like, I don't host parties. That's your thing. I was saying, could my friends host it? Could my house? friends host it at the house? I wasn't expecting you to do that. I know, but that still meant I had to clean and do it. The hosting, being hospitable, mm-hmm. was a part of that. <laughs> while so, my wife was gone. Wow. And I'm like, I don't. And I'm like, I'm not you. Don't ask me to be you while you're gone. You go do you, mm-hmm. and we'll do us. Mm-hmm. And Yvette was like, Well, this is important to me. And I'm like, I don't care. You're doing your work. I need to do my work. I need to survive. That's the only thing I'm trying to do mm-hmm. is survive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like I didn't care about what you were saying, but the things that you find valuable at that point because of the work you Didn't decided matter. to do was what I what I was found valuable for my own survival was was most important. That mm-hmm. was my business. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And Yvette was like, nah, like I need you to make this happen. You're not going to make this happen and you're not going to come see me. And then I was like, you know, my mom will take them to the party and someone else can host. But, like, don't let the kids miss out because I'm not here. Yeah. That was, like, my main thing. Yeah, and I was like, well, you're not here. That's the point. Like, they shouldn't understand that you're not mm-hmm. here. So it, it was, it was like, me pushing back. There was a lot of tension. It was sure. a, a lot of tension. And Yvette was like, well, are you going to come see me? And I was like, well, <clears throat> the kids are already missing their mom. You know what I'm saying? For two weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel comfortable leaving them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was real talk. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't like leaving anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then some of the conversations I was having with the kids, they were like really going through it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, can I, should I share that one thing? Sure. Theo said? Sure. Yeah. So Theo was like, yeah, like he was talking mm. and he was like, so my mom's gone and my cousins just lost their mom. And I guess for a couple of weeks, I know what it's like not to have a mom. You know what I'm saying? And like listening to him process that, like it was like, bro, this is heavy. We're all going through it. You know what I'm saying? And even though you did a great work writing letters every day for each child, that joint was crazy. Like that was home run after home run, grand slam. You knocked that out of the park. 
um, there was still like an obvious missing link into the home mm-hmm. that it was like, yo, we're we're just getting through this and that's it. And so like we were having a conversation earlier about gentle parenting. I was like, I need you to be effective and listen. I love you. I need you to listen. You know what I'm saying? That's That was how my context was with the kids during that time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you're the... We I went to visit you. Yeah, so just to like finish the sentence. Sorry. Um, so when you get there, you go grocery shopping for two weeks because you won't be able to go to a grocery store after until another two weeks. Because basically, you're secluded. You're supposed to be in silence and in solitude. The only place I drove was from the cabin to the therapist's office every morning, Monday through Friday. So Monday through Friday, I got to like see the therapist for an hour and a half. But Saturday and Sundays, those days were hard. Those days were much harder because I was like by myself. And the therapist actually kind of got on me because he was like, your Bible is now becoming a distraction. A distraction. He was like, you're so much in your Bible. And then someone else who had stayed at the cabin before left a hymnal. So that was like taking me back to my childhood (laughs) and I was already dealing with childhood. Um, And so I was like singing hymns and reading my Bible. And he was like, you need to be like, stop and be present with yourself and the Lord, which I thought I was doing. But anywho, um, yeah. So for that two weeks, you are literally in the cabin. And the only time you leave is when you go see the therapist. But Saturdays and Sundays were like hard. Those were long days. You were like, there would be like, when the rain stopped, you said that sometimes the, the kids at neighboring yeah. homes would come outside and you would. So like I got to one point where there was one house that had kids and it was raining. It's Washington in the fall. So it was raining quite a bit. And um, and I would actually be sitting out in the rain some days. But there were kids that would be in the backyard playing and I would literally just go sit out just so I can hear them. It was crazy. I felt kind of crazy and creeper, but it was like just something so, um, I don't even know. You would Nostalgic. go on walks. Too. And I would go on walks and see deers. Like I saw so many deers. Um, deer. And deer. deer. Is deer plural? Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw so many deer. Um, I think I saw a deer probably every day. And there were some that would like just sit in the property like far out. And I would just kind of like look at them. Gosh. They never came up to me, but they were always there. And I was like, what are you trying to say to me, Lord? And the, was it, I don't know if it's a scripture or if it's a hymn, but it's like, like a deer panteth for the water, for water. Um, so I panteth for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a hymn or a song, but that just kind of came um, to my spirit every time I saw them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very intense experience. I think the best, like it, while it was super hard, the most comforting thing about it was my ability to fall apart. Mm. Um, In that cabin, I cried tears that I knew I needed to cry, but never allowed myself to cry. I wept and wailed in a way that I had never experienced. I got angry. Like when I got there, (laughs) when I arrived to the cabin, there were pool noodles in the cabin. And I was like, why are there pool noodles? noodles here mm-hmm. like why are these here and um, there's no pool it's in the middle of the winter like why and I quickly found out why it was to release anger I would grab those noodles and just hit things and like let it all out it was insane the experience I had there but it was so necessary in order for me to break through the wall that I had built up and allow myself to see myself better. It was like I had a mirror put up to me, but also in doing that work, I feel like I have now been able to see like the little boy in Glenn, the little, the little person in everyone that has made me more, um, what's the word? More sensitive, sensitive or aware Mm-hmm. aware of other people and what they are experiencing in life and in context of whatever the issue is that may come between us. And so even like some of the hurt 
and trauma that I that came up from my own childhood, I don't fault my parents for any of it. I just see them. You know what I mean? Like I see them. I see them. Yeah. And they probably don't even feel like I see them, but I do. <laughs> yeah. I really do. And I'm oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, I'm done. No, I was going to say, you know, so going out there to see you for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Right after, after his cousin was murdered. Yeah. Which like the day before he was supposed to come, his cousin was murdered. And yeah. Yeah, that was heartbreaking for me. Um, and I didn't, I was like, man, I don't want to go. I don't even want to go even more now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like I, um, sorry, I was trying to mute this because, is that Bethke? Um, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I was trying to, I was trying to process and I realized, oh, I don't have time to grieve this. I have to wait to grieve this until after, uh, you know, it's the tape, it's the guy next door oh, with the tape. Oh, thanks. That's Sorry, why I guys. muted it. Go yeah, ahead. This our neighbor taping boxes. So yeah, like I didn't have time to grieve. I had to postpone grief go see you, right? And I didn't cry until after you got back. Like, I didn't, I wasn't able to, like, let it out. So we, like, it was, I was very, like, timid to see you. Um, I didn't know what I was walking into. You know what I'm saying? Um, We were already distant before you left. And then coming to see you, I I, I was, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like there was still so much work to do. And then a week later... There was like, you got back. <laughs> yeah. And the ish really hit the fan, I think. Yeah. Because. I wrote Glenn like a five page letter that was typed 12 font, single space, single line space. <laughs> yeah. I, I was irritated because I got, she got back and she gave the kids letters every day. And then she gets back with a letter for mm-hmm. me and like. It was like a paragraph of thanking me so much about, you know, for letting her go and all that stuff and all mm-hmm. the work she got to do. And then it was like a request, kind of a demand for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like it was a lot of asks that mm-hmm. were very challenging. Mm-hmm. It was hard. And yeah. so... um. You know, definitely, I don't even know how to describe our relationship after that. But there was a wall that came down in you, and you definitely seem more secure and, like, certain about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you spoke with confidence. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was, you know, definitely attractive. And I understood that you were trying to, you were like, I have a voice. I have a voice. I want to get my voice out. Don't don't shut my voice down. Mm-hmm. Like, And, you know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, cool. You know what I mean? But then um, you you expressed to me some of the, like, work that you discovered and all this stuff, and it was very difficult. And I think it changed the frame of our whole security, like our our whole family. Is your meeting about to happen? Yeah, I told her I was going to meet 10 minutes late, so we're okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So... The work that we have, the work that you had to do and the work that you did, um, I, I, I know it was good work. And it, mm-hmm. I can definitely see a benefit from it. And I think the biggest change in me, in, in, the biggest change in you was I think you like relinquish control yes. of a lot. Rest and remain in the presence of the Lord and allow him to do the rest. Yeah, yeah. And you were like that has been, it's like so this year when it was kind of like, hey, man, we about to do this. Halloween party thing. I'm kind of like, all right, here we go. You know, such and such and such and such. And, you know, it was like pumpkin carving time. And this was one of the things that Yvette was like, you need to go do this. And this year she was like, I ain't trying to go to that. And I was like, what? (laughs) You're not trying to do something festive? And she was like, no, I'm not trying to do that. I am not trying to go to that. And so, like, to watch the shift of her to be like, I don't know, I think you're you're more able to see yeah, yeah. I think like that three week experience kind of set me off on realizing that 
to what degree I was a people pleaser and to what degree I was showing up the way I was showing up for other people and not for myself. And so I think that moving forward and, and honestly, like Glenn has set a really good example of this as well, but moving forward, I'm kind of like, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. Um, that, and that's just plain and simply put. <laughs> that's basically it. It's kind of like I've only got a capacity for this and that's what I'm going to prioritize at this time. Yeah. So if it doesn't fit in my in what I've got going on, then I'm so sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm just not going to do it. Um, and there's still some times when I slip back into my people pleasing ways and Gwen will so kindly point it out or I'll point it out myself and realize I just did that because I was trying to please that person. But the awareness of it helps to improve upon it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, good work. Good work. Babe. Yeah. Um, but I guess I would just encourage you guys out there because I know that there is someone out there who is probably feeling like their world is caving in on them. Everybody. And <laughs> facts. And um I think that sometimes it helps and I, I, I've mentioned Alex L a lot before, but I feel like sometimes it helps when you get to see other people going through their process because it gives you permission to be in process. And sometimes we feel like we don't have time for that type of stuff, but you you might be surprised at the investment at what that investment of time does in widening your time you know mm-hmm. or enlarging your um capacity time or even capacity but yeah yeah um in in the comment section below uh, on our email um please uh respond with some questions that you may have let us know uh, not only what you want to hear about this experience, but also what you want to hear about Yvette specifically, even as it relates to our sister channel, Belief in Fatherhood, mm. um, where she just documented a really great episode last week of homeschool. And so... Um, Two weeks ago when they hear this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we want to be able to meet your needs more there. And so if you guys need any inspiration or have any questions... I just got an email this morning. I think I emailed to you, but, um, you know, people keep sending the emails and stuff like that. But, babe, how married are you? I'm so married the other morning, so I, I'm under the weather. I feel like I'm... I'm sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting to feel better um, now, but I woke up and I was like, I need a medicine ball from Starbucks right now. And so I got up. I didn't even like brush my teeth or nothing. I just got up out of bed, put my robe on, put on my little Burks, got in the car and drove to get myself a medicine ball from Starbucks. While I'm out, Glenn sends me a text and he's like, hey, can you pick me up a five hour energy drink? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I look down. I'm like, I send him a selfie. I'm like, I wasn't really planning on getting out the car. I like literally took my head wrap off right before I got to the drive through because I realized, oh, shoot, let me take this off. And so I was like, okay. And he was like, I'll go get it. And I was like, no, I can get it. I'm already out. So, and then I pull up to the gas station to get the five-hour energy drink. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take my robe off. But then I opened up my robe and I was like, oh, shoot, I can't take my robe off because <laughs> my TTs would be all out. So then I closed the robe back up. I had clothes on, but I had on like, you know. Anyways, I closed my robe back up. I went inside. And I got the five-hour energy drinks, and I just took it like a woman. Wow. And people did look at me like, okay, That's this wild. is a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I got it for you, babe. That's great. Thank mm-hmm. you. That was super helpful, and I felt so bad <laughs> about that. I didn't realize that's what you were wearing. I'm so sorry. Oh, how married are you, <laughs> babe? All right. So I'm so married that I keep allowing you to let strangers in our house to clean, <laughs> to clean our house. Let me tell you something about this. All right, I should just mute you right now because I don't want you to uh, Guys, you won't believe this. Yvette gets a, like a opportunity to get our house clean for $30 because there's a new person cleaning our house. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a young person. She comes to the door. Very nice. She's very- She's on time. She's on time. She's very young. <laughs> She's very young. <laughs> so she's probably, I don't know, 21, 22, mm-hmm. something like I was going to give her 20. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, I'm trying to tell you. 
Yvette's like, you know, can you clean the bottom floor and the bathrooms upstairs? Okay. This woman's cleaning the bi- bathroom downstairs. You know what I'm saying? We're like not really interacting, but, you know, kind of interacting here and there. So I'm like, all right, I got to get ready to go to work. You know what I'm saying? I go upstairs. I've been taking these fiber pills ever since I got back from Mexico because I got sick in Mexico. I don't know if y'all remember that story. I don't think I really talked about that or did I? I don't know if we talked about Story for another time, guys. I got so sick. I had Montezuma's Revenge, the parasitic (laughs) bacteria in my stomach. It was crazy. So I started taking these fiber pills. These right here, actually. So I'm on the toilet and I'm maximizing my time. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like, I'm in there. What do you mean you're maximizing your time? What is that? Like, I was like, when I was, I don't want to go into detail, but I'm just saying, like, you're pushing extra hard? No. I wasn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was actually, I was very productive. <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm- had, I, had I been struggling, it would have been even more embarrassing. So I'm, in, I'm on the toilet, right? And imagine, right? And if you okay, can't wait, see. Okay, wait, no. Don't paint a picture for the people. I'm on the toilet on my phone. <laughs> Babe. This woman walks into my bathroom while I'm on the toilet and freezes. She did. She told me. She's like, no, no, let me finish. (laughs) She just looks at me. And, you know, normally in this situation, first of all, I thought it was Yvette. So it took me a while to look up. (laughs) It took me a while to look up. I look up and instead of because usually I would have been. You know what I'm saying? Where's my thing here? Usually, I would have been straight up like, what the f- going on out here? Get the f- out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have did all that normally, right? I would have been tripping. To me. To you. I'd have been like, get the hell out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with you? I'm trying to take a f-. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how, that's how it would go. Uh-huh. But because this was someone else in uh-huh. our home, the only thing I could do was say, oh, my God. <laughs> And she goes, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But she kept looking and walking out backwards. <laughs> and only she, were, she was peeping you, babe. No. Last I, week you I, said people won't be checking you out. She guys, was, <laughs> it was the most embarrassing. If I have a question. She could have caught me mid-wipe. <laughs> she could have caught me pushing with tears babe, in my I, eyes. She could have caught me doing a hot poop babe, with no shirt pee. on. No Stop. shirt on. You know how you get hot, you take off all your clothes? I could have been like that. <laughs> that was my question. Did you have I had on a shirt on. That's why I was saying it was a productive time in there. Oh. I, I faced time event, got super close to the camera, and I said, I effing hate it here. I hate this house. I don't know why I'm even here. This isn't my house. The, the problem is the woman. Ow. Babe, listen. Babe, it hurts. Listen, the Ugh. kids. No, the woman didn't even knock on the door. Did she say? Did she say why she didn't knock? She didn't say why she didn't knock. Uh, like you're at someone's house, you're cleaning there. The people maybe still she there. thought we were all downstairs. I don't care. I don't care. I said she will never come here again. I won't, She cannot come to our house again. All right. Imagine if she was a fan. Okay, I gotta go now. <laughs> if she was a fan oh my gosh and, and that's, that's just, just how, how married, married we yeah. are <laughs>